going. Okay, pre-show planning has taken us to an interesting place here on the Pete the Planner experience. Uh, we were just talking about what's the dumbest thing that you own that you're too lazy to get rid of. Now, this is not going to be on-air content here on the Pete the Planner show. This is going to be a behind-the-scenes podcast exclusive joined uh, by Damian Dunn. And no relation whatsoever. We've tested it. We, um, we haven't tested it. We've looked deep within our family trees. I don't think we've done that either. Uh, he's here. And then Kristen Alanius is here. Um, there's a 0% chance that we are related. My mom just left me a voicemail and I'm thinking, um, okay, I'm just, should I play her voicemail that she just no. left me on the air? No. Mm -mm. Yeah, I think that's ill-advised. Hi, people. Hi, Pete. Hello. Big Rick Swank makes it in. Uh, Dame, what's the dumbest thing you own that you are just simply too lazy to get rid of? Um, I've got I've got a number of sets of speakers uh, in my ownership that like like house speakers. Like I, I've got the set of speakers my parents bought shortly after they were married, ancient pioneer speakers that look amazing, but they need a little bit of work. And I I've also got another set of speakers that I bought right after. Uh, Mrs. Advice and I got married and they aren't hooked up to anything. They're just sitting around looking for a good use, <laughs> but they take up a lot of space. So um, yeah, that's probably the dumbest thing that I own. Dame's speaker of the house is what, uh, wait, Caitlin Alanius says, hello, man. She's in a chipper mood this morning. Uh, Kristen, your, your oh, sister oh. says, hello. Hello, Caitlin. Uh, Kristen, what's the dumbest thing that you own that you haven't gotten rid of yet? The dumbest thing I own or the dumbest thing in my possession? Two very different things. Wow. Oh, this is about to maybe bring Caitlin back on the screen. I'm like, this is about to get like very personal. What do you got? Um, the dumbest thing in my possession are 125 of these NASCARs. I have 125 of those. That's the dumbest thing in my possession. Um, but the dumbest thing I own, I have two dining room tables and I regularly do not even eat at a dining room table i am working still or i'm in class or i eat at my desk more than i eat at a table and i have two dining room tables one's just in my garage you're a baller so they die cast nascar cars i guess i don't know they're collect they're investments pete <laughs> do you do you play with them Kristen? um this one's pretty lame it's a piggy bank um, but it fits like one quarter. So no, do you, you don't get on the floor and just you make noises <laughs> like they're going around an oval. I have a track in my basement. Yeah. After cool. work, you'll catch me. Um, dumbest thing in my possession is a baby crib. <laughs> <laughs> you never we still know. own a, we still own a crib that's like broken down, you know, but, um, and look, we're not going to fill it with babies. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> Um, that ship has sailed. Um, so I think I think I win. Like, Dame, you could fix the speakers. Kristen, you could maybe have children that would uh, enjoy playing with toys. I'm not feeling a baby crib. Like, it, it's basically like a pig pen if we were to get, like, a, a small, like, sugar glider or something. See, I, I have one of those, too, but my uh, – a crib, not a sugar glider. Uh <laughs> 
but but my father-in-law <laughs> made it so I, I that one's sticking that's with me forever because that's that's going to be for grandbabies um yeah i just got this i just got a crib and it's like hey are we just saving it for my kids kids so like are, are we are we gonna be those people who's like oh we'll put it back up with the grandbabies is that is that who i am as a person uh, now at this Jameson. point jameson's got yes. some good ones because I, I think that covers a lot of us all-time greatest listener jameson down in texas among the dumb things in my possession two vhs players giant box of cd cases (laughs) i have all of these things about 500 blank burnable cds uh jameson i threw out a a rack of a hundred burnable cds over the holidays and about two dozen cases uh, two snow shovels, and he does live in Texas. Well, thanks to global warming, you're going to need those shovels soon. Um, Kristen, let's make Dame and I feel old. Kristen, in the 80s, there were two types of recordable <laughs> devices that you would uh, record things onto and then watch back. VHS was one. What was the other main competitor to VHS-style recording? And arguably better. And arguably better, but no one no one acknowledged it. Other than, here's the funny part, uh, uh, local broadcast affiliates. They use that medium. Mm-hmm. It's video and audio or audio only? Video, like a VHS tape. Well, do you know what a VHS tape is, Kristen? Let's I make your question. I had a VCR in my room when I was a kid. Okay, I know. Oh, wow. Okay, um, so... What was the other version of VHS? What was the other format? I have no idea. I didn't know there was another audio and video format, I don't think. Okay. Well, you're a young. Betamax or beta, as it's typically no called. Idea. Um, Kristen, have yeah. you ever used a rotary telephone? I don't. I own one, but I've never used one. <laughs> Kristen, have you ever sent a fax? Um, I've had to send faxes, but I've made the boomers in my office send them on my behalf. I don't know how That's, to use the facts. That machine. seemed hurtful. That seemed hurtful. Damn, <laughs> I like this game. Kristen, have you ever been at a restaurant where there are phones at the table and you can pick up the phone and call other people's tables? Mm-hmm. That's not real. It's oh, that was real. my entire childhood. <clears throat> what? <laughs> That's not real. It's real. I don't believe you. I think you're no. I don't believe. No, it's absolutely uh, Max and Irma's man. That's. Uh, have you ever watched a movie on a laser disc? Mm-hmm. Not a not a not a uh, DVD. A laser disc. It looks like know. a giant vinyl, but it's it looks it's like looks like a giant CD the size of a vinyl record. Mm-mm. Okay, Kristen. <laughs> Did you ever watch the Care Bears cartoon? Mm-mm. Yeah, that would have been before her time. Yeah. Kristen, <laughs> have you ever seen an episode of Who's the Boss? Oh, oh, boy. <laughs> have you ever listened to an audio tape, like a, a cassette tape? Oh, yes, yes. My first car, um, I had a Looney Tunes cassette tape, and that was when I was 16. I'm not that young. Have you ever eaten goober grape? I don't know what that is. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Damn, you know Goober Grape, right? I don't know if I do. It's uh, peanut butter and jelly in one jar. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, 
I do know yeah. what that is. I didn't okay. know that was a brand. Yeah, Goober Grape. Mm. That's not Dame's my fetish nickname for Dame. <laughs> I don't know why it said fetish. Okay. Um, I I like like nostalgic stuff though. I have a record cabinet in my house from like. Can, can you not call my childhood nostalgic? <laughs> like, I mean, uh, like that. Sorry. This is getting hurtful. Like, this is almost like an HR actionable conversation at this point. I'm Kristen. sorry that I didn't mean that one. If you had no. the experience, Pete, of driving down the road and seeing a billboard for a radio station, you know, like advertising oldie uh, music, and they've got bands that were popular that you remember yeah. and really still enjoy. They're like Nirvana. And it's like, exactly. Yeah. yeah I, I like Nirvana. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, let's do a show. What's the first segment? We've done some show prep. Kristen, can we do your car problem first? Uh, it's not, not really a problem. It kind of evolved from the idea of us doing a segment of financial advice we give, but we don't take. Oh, okay. Um, let's do the email first then. Okay. Let's build, let's build some momentum as they call it in the biz. Um, Rick Swink's trying to take your side. I think my mom yeah, asked me Rick. to, if they can put me down as an emergency contact at their doctor's office. Like that's what she just left that voicemail. It's like, yeah, go ahead. I mean, do people ask for permission to do that? Apparently my mother does. Should we get her on the phone? Wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't Mrs. Planner really be the better choice for that? No, yeah, I mean, you didn't even answer her call asking. What if this was the emergency? You didn't answer. Okay, I, I'm going to back up for a half second here. <laughs> Dame, I, I, Dame, you can answer any way you want. This is not a leading question. <clears throat> and you, you, this, may, this may devastate me. Oh, no. If there's a massive emergency, who do you want involved to solve the problem? Your boy. I will rise to occasion. I have no emotions. I will get in there and just fix it. <laughs> So uh, what I'm hearing is, is I can list you as executor in my will. Yeah, go ahead. Fine. Right sure. on. <laughs> All right. Uh, it, done. Oh, you know what? I'm going to take that back. Uh, there was this <laughs> time. No, hold it. There was, seriously, there was this time when I first started writing for the newspaper years ago, and I was on the radio. I would have random people email me. This happened five, six, seven times. Random people asking me to be the executor of their wills. Really? Yeah. They're like, I feel like you've got, you know, good judgment here. And I'm just like, hey, man, no. Um, <laughs> bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> I have very few really good skills. Problem solving in an emergency is one of my finest skills. I am I am the modern day MacGyver, the hairless MacGyver. I'm the hairless MacGyver. There it is. Kristen, have you ever seen MacGyver? I've never seen it, but I I understand the premise. Dane, was there any better show than MacGyver when you were a kid? I mean, it was pretty stellar. It's got some somebody has to own the rights, right? Oh, you know, no, it's it's a remake. There's a it's I think it's it's a thing again. It is, but I the 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 good one, Pete, not the remake. The good one, I'm gonna find it this weekend and watch it. It was unbelievable now trivia for you Kristen oh, sent this boy. one out um <laughs> who is and I, I might be making this up so this is how this goes dame who is the primary villain 
multi-season villain on MacGyver. Yeah, I don't know. I, I was more of a Magnum PI guy. I believe the guy's name was Murdoch, and it was Willem Dafoe. Really? That's my memory. That's my memory. I'm looking it up right now here on this financial radio show. <sighs> it's, it's not a financial radio show. Not oh, at this oh, point. Oh, 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 Willem Dafoe. Oh. That's amazing. I could be wrong, though. Willem Dafoe MacGyver. Oh, hold on. Everyone relax. I don't see results for MacGyver. It's great. This good. Can you guys do something while I. Oh. <laughs> As... Okay, um... you know what? I will deal with that later. Okay. I'm okay. <laughs> Why do we get one star rating on the show? <laughs> I keep good. It is Google. beyond me my comprehension. I, I, I have don't no know. idea. I know. I, I, can we just pause the show so I can look this up in three, two, one. This week on the Pete the Planner Show, we answer your money questions. Here's how the show works. You email us, ask Pete. PeteThePlanner.com. That's ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. And my panel of experts will answer the question. This week's panel includes Kristen Alanius, die cast car collectible expert, and Damien Dunn, king of hairlessness. Hello, people. Hello, Pete. Good day. We are on the air. I forgot. Uh, Hello. (laughs) I'm also the prince of hairlessness. Why are we starting the show this way okay dame i need to read the email question that's come in before i lose it because i'm starting to crack here good day pete dame and queen Kristen. Kristen, you've really taken on this regal presence with on the show people love you people love you what's that like i appreciate it i i love it when you can really tell that someone's a listener of the show this i think this email supports that so this question is about choosing a financial advisor and about balancing friendship with personal financial goals dame you loved after school specials when you were a kid right who didn't well this sounds like one my wife and i've decided that now is the time to get serious and hire a financial advisor we feel that we've done a decent job managing our finances to date i'm 40 she's 38 and this guy's a real cradle robber borderline creepy uh <laughs> we are saving liberally into retirement and to our young kids 529 blah blah blah, blah. uh now comes the part where we choose the advisor. You all have given great advice over the years on the subject. The thing that arises here is that I have a good friend who could be a great candidate. We get together every now and then to catch up. And we often talk about his job and financial advice in general. He has never once pinched me. Wait, pitched me. <laughs> okay. I don't know what okay. he's pinched both. him. <laughs> yeah. he, he may have pinched him. To be fair, in full disclosure, I was at a Starbucks this morning and I saw one of our investors there. I did tickle him. Just a little tickle on the back. I did. <laughs> but it was like a f- friendly tickle. Back to the email. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's happening? Uh, anyway, he's a CFP, blah, 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 blah. So there's a bunch of questions. And here, here's where the questions actually come in. I did give him just, just a little friendly tickle. Is it generally a bad idea to hire your friend to be your financial advisor? Uh, so then there's some other things there. Then number two, on the other hand, he might be fairly offended if I hire someone else or ask him to recommend someone. And then number th- three, there's also the possibility that if he and I have a serious detailed discussion about hiring him, 
I might find that his company's investment approach or fee structure are not the best fit. Okay. Whew. Dame, I love this topic. I love this topic. You were a financial advisor. I want to start here. Did you ever pitch your friends? Or I don't pitch? know if I necessarily pitched my friends, but I I told them what I was doing. And if they wanted to talk, I'd be happy to. But I, it wasn't like, a you know, hey, let's go out for dinner and let me tell you exactly what I'm doing. This was more of just a, hey, this is what I've got going on now. This is what I who I'm targeting. Here's what I think I can help people accomplish. If you're interested, I'm happy to explore it further. But there was no hard uh, hard sell. I don't remember pitching my friends. Now I say it that way because I, in my in my memory, I was not a pitch my friends guy. But that's my perspective. Maybe I was, but I don't think I was. So, but because I think it's a personality thing. Kristen, do you think you were the would be the type of person if you were a financial advisor that would pitch your friends? I don't know how many times I have to remind you people that I was a financial advisor. It was just short-lived. Present tense. Oh, I thought you forgot. Okay, well, or answer the question, did you pitch your friends? No. And in fact, even in the space that we're in now, like I do part-time tax prep and people will be like, oh, can you do my taxes? No. The answer is no. Jeez, successful side gig there. I I appreciate you (laughs) and our our friendship. No, Pete. Uh, I, I think I think one of the reasons you didn't, though, and that I did, is because our compensation structure was is different. I mean, w- when you started being a financial advisor, what were the likelihood that your friends would have been able to do a whole lot with you? Well, I mean, I, the beginning part of my financial career, I mean, I made money from selling products within the financial plan. I wasn't always fee based. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, I, theoretically, I could have sold them life insurance or mutual funds or whatever else we're doing. So uh, I, I just want to get that part out. I, 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 the other part is, if your friend is in the business, should you feel obligation to, to work with them? Were you ever offended, Dame, if one of your friends had another financial advisor? No, not at all. Not, because they've financial relationships are... Um, sometimes really tricky to cultivate. Uh, you've got to find somebody who's a good match for you. And once you do that, unless there's a really good reason to to move on, that's not something that people want to do uh, just because maybe a, a different friend is is also in the business. I, I, I can't hold anything against somebody for continuing an established relationship. Kristen, your short-lived... Uh career as a financial advisor it was in your younger 20s that you know i that's when i was an advisor too i have to admit early if my friends said they had someone else i was just trying to build my business so it was a little bit frustrating but as i got older i didn't care at all what was your experience did you care if your friends had a different advisor i think that that would be accurate I, at the very least, appreciate or appreciated when someone would bounce ideas off of me. And maybe that's the follow-up question here. Maybe the friend hasn't pitched because maybe they don't want to mix their friendship and their business. And they just like being that like sounding board for this person. That could be the reality, too. They might not want to muddy those waters. Yeah, I, I I think here what I'm I'm what I think my conclusion is to this emailer is I don't think it's a bad idea to work with your friend. <laughs> I think it and, and don't worry whether they pitched you or not. I think at 40 years old, 
everyone involved is mature enough and experienced enough to deal with whatever comes of it. I don't think this advisor if is, if is also that age. I don't think they would give a rip if this person worked with someone else and then talk to them about it. Yeah, I, I think the potential biggest stumbling point here, and it is for most of the relationships, is going to be uh, investment performance. And if you can get your head around investments are going to do what they're going to do, and as long as you're happy with the strategy and you're confident in the strategy, okay. But where the value really go- is going to come in and show itself is where is that advisor helping you in other parts of your financial life? Are, are you getting value out of the relationship in those areas? Because um, sure, the investments can make a big difference, but as long as you understand the, the the method and the strategy that's being employed and you're comfortable with it, and maybe it's exactly what you would do. You just want somebody else to t- watch over the, the funds and, and make maybe some strategic changes here and there, then the investments kind of handle themselves at that point. Where are you deriving the value from that relationship in other areas? Yeah, Kristen, I, I got to think Dame's exactly right here that this is actually about the firm's approach. Mm-hmm and strategy. And that's maybe where this emailer should start. Just going to their friend and be like, Hey, I'm starting to evaluate financial advisors. Can you tell me about how you all do it? I- I'm just trying to learn. And then at the end of that conclusion, at the end of that thing, he can say, Oh, that's helpful. And he can play it off like, ah, I'm not going to do that. Or, Hey, are you taking on new clients? This is somebody I think he can, it's just a mature conversation. I think it's a lot easier to have at 40 than it is at 24, 25, where everyone's just trying to form their career. I totally agree with that. And that comes right back to if the relationship has to be a good fit on both sides. And if it sounds like they're good buddies. So if you hear more about the investment philosophy and you're thinking, whoa, that doesn't really align with my goals, the advisor might not want you as a client in those situations either because they want someone who fits what they believe in. I feel it. I love it. Fantastic. All right. So what the conclusion is here, Dame wants to be everyone's financial advisor advisor here on the show. He is soliciting you. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. He does not do that. And Kristen will not do your taxes. <laughs> it does. I mean, we have 20 seconds left in the segment. Does this not harken back to your early days as advisors, everybody, where you're just like trying to get clients and it's just like, it's so awkward and it's, boy, I don't yes. miss those days. All right. Coming up after the break, does Kristen have a transportation issue? Possibly. Find out next. I'm Pete the Planner. Can we do advice? Oh, no, go ahead. What do you got? Can we do advice that we give and don't take? And then that can lead into Kristen's transportation issue. Um, I have been corrected in the chat. The person who played the Murdoch was Michael de bears or Barris. Um, So I stand corrected. I did say if memory serves me right. Turns out it did not. Hmm. Um, All right. I also want to tell everyone here that award-winning financial podcast host of Marriage, Kids, and Money, Andy Hill, emailed Hmm. me uh, this week, a friend of the show, friend of the show, Hmm. listener of our show. Uh, By the way, if you have kids and if uh, marriage and money are something that uh, appeal to you, listen to his show, marriagekidsandmoney.com, as seen on CNBC, NBC News, Market Watch, Kiplinger, 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 no one cares, Business Insider. Anyway, he emailed me saying that he agreed with my hot take 
about ga- uh, sports gambling last week. That's why I'm plugging him so hard. If uh, if you listen to start listening to the show, uh, you may hear a very familiar voice uh, in February or March on one of the episodes coming up. So, you know, uh, our other friends of the show, Joe Saul Sehi from Stacking Benjamins, reached out and wants me to be back on the show, and I yes. have not replied yet. I'm being honest. I need to do that. Um, they record at night, though, and it's like at yeah. night. I'm currently, you know, well, they have to be quiet though in his mom's basement. That's true. I love his show. Um, did anyone else hear uh, any results of my hot takes about sports gambling? I was talking to our business development team this morning and it came <laughs> up and they all uh, were sheepish and did not make comments because I think they felt seen. I didn't receive any feedback uh, through any of my social channels. Uh, so I think you're in the clear. I just assumed, Dame, that you had found reviews of that hot take and just refused them to send them to me because I asked you not to. No, no, I would have saved them to read them now. <laughs> that I appreciate. Okay. Um, by the way, uh, my son, Theodore, Ted, is uh, at BizTown today. Nice. And he is the DJ of BizTown. <laughs> and I just got, I just got pictures of... Uh, you can't really see it. That's pointless. I just showed a camera. And I'm on a podcast. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> Uh, what's this topic, Kristen? Can you intro this topic? Can we just like, can I just toss it to you and you intro Please it? Please don't do that. Okay, how about I? How about I intro the segment, and then I'll have you set it up from there. Okay, I can do that. Is that fair? That's fair. Also, it sounds like a piece of my roof just fell off. I don't know if you heard my dog kind of bark. So I'm not really sure what just happened outside, but hopefully everything's fine. <laughs> Um, I would assume snow slid off your roof. I'm not trying to mansplain weather to you. Okay. Okay. You want to go look? No, no, it's fine. Dame 30 bucks. Snow slid off a roof, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Feels very mansplaining, uh, but that's fine. Ooh, possibly this year's best listener. She could have won last year. We just didn't give it to Andy who, uh, who appeared on that special episode where we took live questions. She Mm. notes, this isn't specifically from your hot take, but sports betting and other financial problems are a big issue for the military. Kristen, I mean. That's probably true, yeah. Yes. Okay, everybody, let's do the next segment here. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. Uh, did it? Did I keep pulling up the wrong app on my phone. Here we go. In three, two, one. Back on the Pete the Planner show. You know, last segment we talked about should you hire your friend as your financial advisor? And because this show is so diverse in its financial topics, we now move right on to another one. Introducing what we will be talking about next is co-host of the Pete the Planner show, Kristen Elanius, Director of Education at Your Mind. Kristen, what, what are we talking about right now? So I think we all can think of some examples of advice that you were given that was kind of a do as I say, not as I do kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I think that that would be a great segment is financial advice that maybe we give that we don't necessarily always take. Wow. Okay. So we are exposing ourselves figuratively. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and 
it's a it's a podcast. I mean, a radio show, I and mean, we can't literally. A dame, does something jump to mind? Is there a piece of advice that you give on a regular basis or have given in which you know what? It's what's good for the goose is not good for the gander. Uh, you're going to be shocked by my answer, and then it will make sense pretty quickly. Okay, I'm ready. Budgeting. No, I mean, it doesn't shock me, but go ahead. Uh, yeah, so, and you know this because you essentially subscribe to the same theory that I do. Uh, when we speak with somebody and, and we're trying to help them get their financial life on track, there's a, a process that we like to follow or, or at least recommend where people you know track expenses and really go through a, a nice... Uh, more traditional style of budget. Uh, I'm old at this point, and I've uh, gone through this a, a few times, and uh, my life is pretty predictable uh, on a month-in, month-out basis, and uh, I have pretty clearly defined goals that I make sure get met every single month. So uh, my budget looks more like a lazy man's budget, which is what both Pete and I... I, I if I'm wrong, Pete, I think he's probably still subscribed to this, this method. Uh, where we, we make sure those goals are hit every single month. Uh, we make sure all of our other spending is, is roughly in line to where it should be, but then we just kind of let the chips fall where they may. So we, we hit those goals and we don't overspend our income on a monthly basis, but we don't get too tied up about where that money is actually being spent on a month to month basis. All right, Kristen, um, reaction. Are you shocked? Are you, are you, not mad, but just disappointed um, at, at Dame <laughs> on this take. Um, what what are we thinking here? Like, what's 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 the biz? I I think that's fair. I think at some point you earn the right to be able to do that, and. I would subscribe to a similar approach if I wasn't such a micromanager of my own life. I mean, if I would just let my budget do what it's supposed to do, mine would be the lazy man's budget, but I'm obsessive and I check it every day. I feel that's, like that's your smoothie, right? Yes. Budget smoothie. <laughs> All right, Kristen, what is the piece of financial advice? And I think it is car related. That well, <laughs> what do I we have got? several. I have several. Oh, oh I tell you to do a lot of stuff that I don't do. So, um, I would say my first one. I I can't help it. My first one is that I don't have a will, and I would tell someone that that's an issue in their financial life if they don't have one. But I just don't. Oops. Well, um, thanks for asking. I will be the executor of your will. <laughs> You heard it, Caitlin. Give him a call. <laughs> uh, okay, so what's the what's the sticking point here? I mean, but first of all, I, I, I want to be respectful and, and very honest to you. Are you looking for accountability here? Are you looking <laughs> just for like a, a like a trust tree situation? No, no. Like I I don't know why. I mean, the bulk of what I have. I mean, prior to June, just about everything I had was payable on death. So, I mean, it just seemed like it really wasn't that big of a deal, even though I know it's a big deal. Um, now that I own my house or the bank owns my house and I rent it from them, I know that I should probably do that. I just don't. Uh, Kristen, what would, it, what, what, would it take, what would it take today to get you into a will? <laughs> I mean, nothing really. Like I would, I would do it. I just don't make it a priority. It's one of those things. And I'm so guilty of it. Like I tell other people, be careful. This will become a back burner item. It'll become a back burner item. And it is. Kristen, if I paid for your estate plan, would you get one? Oh my gosh. 
I mean, I would, yeah, but I don't think it's, I don't, it is a big deal. It's a big deal. It's just on the back burner. I like the idea that this topic has backfired on Kristen. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I want to be honest, like I'm in the midst of redoing my estate plan right now. Like I have a will and trust and I'm about, I'm in the midst of redoing mine. So like, I don't know, this isn't, but again, Kristen, our lives couldn't be any more different. Right. There it is. Yeah. And right. for you, I just think about who is going to get these dozens of die cast NASCARs in the event of your death. Caitlin. You know? <laughs> the instructions, the instructions at this point for Caitlin are call Pete and Gail. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, since this has now turned into all of your deficiency, Kristen, what other things do you tell people to do and you don't do? Cause I'm ready. I got a list. Um, I don't keep all of my emergency funds separate. I keep some emergency savings viewable and accessible to me. I keep a little bit in cash and then I keep some in the same place where we keep our 401k. I, I, I love that. Actually, I, we're putting a pin in that topic because I actually want to start the third segment there because I, I would love to talk about emergency funds of like what we really do. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I think all three of us are going to be pretty different. Dame and I, again, tend to be the same. same. Although I wouldn't be surprised if Dame has a big stack of paper and a safe that no one can open. But <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Kristen, move on to what's another thing that you do that or don't do? If someone came to me and told me that they have the financial goals and aspirations that I have. And then they also told me that they have as much equity wrapped up in a vehicle that they don't drive as I do. I would tell them to get rid of it and drive something of much lower quality. Okay. So Dame, do you understand what any of that means? Um, Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So she's got uh, a vehicle right now that, uh, that she owns outright that is worth a, a pretty good dollar amount. Uh, that she really doesn't need at this point. She could downgrade her vehicle situation, be perfectly uh, content and not be out anything uh, and have a whole bunch of cash at her disposal to invest or you know pay down debt or, or whatever that may be. So she's got more equity tied up in her vehicle than she needs to. Do we, I mean, I'm, I'm not playing dumb, although you guys may be concerned that I'm officially dumb after I ask this question. (laughs) Do I know car dealers talk about equity in a car, but do you guys really think about car as having equity? I don't, unless it's a situation where somebody needs to kind of dig themselves out of a hole. I mean, if, if they've got, um, you know, 30 grand in a car uh, that they could get rid of and replace for 15, you know, back in the old days when you could buy a good used car for $15,000 and put 15 towards, you know, a a credit card or uh, an emergency fund or whatever the case may be. uh, That's a potential solution for them. But uh, in some cases that if if they're already hitting all their other goals and this 15,000 just may speed them up, I'm probably not going to look at it that seriously. Just the idea that my Kia Sportage could have equity just seems laughable. <laughs> well, <laughs> I I personally view it as equity because I would sell it. If I were between a rock and a hard place, I would sell it. I would buy something supremely cheap. Um, I just am very privileged and fortunate that that is not my reality. Could it move my financial life forward? Of course it could. Of course it could. And that is a internal battle that I circle back to 
pretty consistently is like, Kristen, what could you do with this money if you would get rid of it? So I view it as an asset, but only because I track it regularly and because I would sell it if I had to. Uh, I'm going to give more consideration to this after the break, but I'm just going to plant my flag. I do everything I tell people to do. Oh, I, I, I will. I will. I will give it further consideration after the break and feel free to find it. But I do everything I tell people to do next on the Pete, the planner show. We'll see if that's a truth or a lie. I'm the liar. I, you guys, I, I, I'm being honest here. I'm trying to be honest. I'm also realizing that I have a bad memory. But what, Kristen, go ahead. I think of two examples right off the top of my head. <laughs> okay, just, can, we, can we save it for the air? <laughs> well, the underlying. Save it for the air. Okay, okay, okay. And nothing like shushing a coworker. <laughs> I, I don't want to cross Kristen, the line Don't be here. confident. Shh. I don't want to cross the line here, Kristen, but if, if you were here right next to me, I would just <laughs> shush Shh. your lips with my hand. Just Okay. All right. Dame, All have right. you ever shushed someone else's lips? Other than my kids? Not no, your I mean, wife. Like, uh, not, your, not your wife or no, your children count, like joking as a wife. Wait, have you ever, another human, not, <laughs> you really do, have you ever shushed them with your hand? It's possible in high school I might right. have. I, 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 because that's what stupid high school boys do, just reach across. <laughs> I was at my daughter's uh, cheerleading game last. I mean, what do you call when you go? It's a, it's someone's basketball game, but she's there flipping around. I went to that last night, right? <laughs> and afterwards, she was saying how she's an eighth grader, and she was saying that they were doing a TikTok. I don't know what's going on, and then she goes, and the seventh grade basketball players weren't even laughing at us. And I thought, and I said to her, I was like, Ali. No seventh grade boy is going to make fun of an eighth grade girl. You do understand that, right? She's like, you know, they would. I'm like, no, no, you are misreading this situation. Kristen, right? Like, no, now that you are an adult, you realize that no seventh grade boy would make fun of an eighth grade girl. Yes, but I thought we weren't going to talk about gender on the show anymore. No, I will talk about gender on the show. <laughs> <laughs> that is not a like that is not like a hot take that a seventh no. grade boy like no you're right i'm not going to get to a place where i cannot bring up gender on this show i will now also try not to be a, a, a sick misogynist generalist but i think that is not an example of that <laughs> um okay Kristen, you ready to call me out on the air i suppose let's do it in three two Oh, wait, what do we have after? Oh, then we're going to do the savings thing. Okay, neat. Okay, mm -hmm. three, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, three, two, one. Back on the Pete the Planner show before the break, I said, you know, Dame, Kristen, thank you for admitting that there are certain things in your financial life that you tell others to do and you personally don't do yourself. And then I made the assertion that I, I can't relate. I can't relate because uh, I have made it a point uh, to only practice what I preach. So Kristen said during the break that there are two examples that make me a liar. So I'm willing to hear those. Kristen, why am I Pete the liar? <laughs> it's the two examples have the same root cause. 
you've just changed your approach on some things to make it okay that you do them. Example okay. Okay. One. Interesting. Okay. I'm, I'm going to stop okay. it right there. I'm going to stop you right there. <laughs> this is arguably true, right? Like oh, this yeah. is arguably true, uh, but I will have a really good reason why whenever you say what you're about to say. Go ahead. Okay. Well, I remember when I first started here and I was trying to get an overall vibe for the show and the workplace and I was listening to old episodes of the show, you used to have a pretty like drawn line in the sand about leasing vehicles. And yeah. you've done that. Okay. And so shall I? I get why you did, but I'm just saying that like, go ahead, Dan. I'm going to defend Pete's honor. I've heard him suggest leasing to people. But, you know, but you are both right, actually. Kristen, there was a time, and I think, I, I never want this to be a learning moment for my colleagues. Like This show is about the listener. But <laughs> I, I will say giving advice to the masses for now 18 years publicly 18 years i have i have developed as an adult in that time 18 years right so there are things that i thought to be true and i gave as public advice because i truly believed it to be the, the gospel according to an idiot at the time right and it just evolved so so that is to say, I don't think a lot of personal finance situations are as binary as a lot of talking heads try to make them. Um, and I think a personal finance expert lacks empathy and realism when they have these hard lines because it's their brand. And I've just backed off of that, right? So le leasing is potentially one of those. Um, credit card points are, are another one. Um, and I would also say anytime I've given that advice publicly, I still was following that advice publicly. When I was telling people like, hey, I think credit card points are dangerous, I wasn't using credit card points. I have backed off of that and I use credit card points now. I backed off that leasing's a bad idea because I started to see where it makes sense and so I do it. So what's the second example? I, I would love to hear. Uh, Damien, do you know what it is? I was going to say credit card points, but that it was oh. least those were the two that I had in my mind. But uh, I'm excited. I love this topic, by the way, Kristen. We bring this one up. We brought this one up in the past. Um, is that is hair travel care sports. products? No, travel, travel sports. sports. Okay, yeah, I, I oh. thought of that one too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's evolved. Absolutely. Right. Now, which, right. So, um, I, I if you go back to. And maybe we maybe we actually talk about this next week. I would I would love to like go back to the article. Like there was an article that caused a flurry and fury of activity. Oh, how long ago was that, Dame? Do you think? Uh, probably a year before I came on. So six like years? six or seven six or seven years ago. All right, I'm looking it up right now. Let's see, travel sports are oh travel sports are financial disaster. September 18th of 2013. Oh no. Um, here was my, well, we wouldn't go to my take a different day, but here's, here was the caveat to that. If you aren't taking care of your other financial goals, that was it. That was, if you, if you are not funding college for that kid, yet you're playing for him to be in the third soccer league in, in, a, in a small community, you're hurting that kid, right? That still believe that. Uh, but to Kristen's point, yeah, 
We pay a lot of money for travel sports in our house. I, I daresn't tell you the amount. I don't even know the amount. Call me privileged. I don't know, but I know that I fund my financial goals. Um, so I don't feel like my take has changed, but I'm willing for you to tell me I'm full of it. No, I think you're, I think you can absolutely defend your position. You grow and you evolve. And you, like you said, financial situations aren't binary. It's just that someone who doesn't listen consistently might know you for some of these takes. And these sure. are some things that you do. So I was just trying to not be kind. Mission. No, 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 no. You're fine. Uh, Dame, thoughts? Uh, I, I know roughly how much we spend on travel sports and it is a lot of money but you're exactly right you got to make sure all the other goals are being taken care of you're not over you know putting too much weight and by that i mean pressure potentially on the kid as well and damaging that relationship uh down the road maybe currently and down the road if things don't work out the way that you have hopefully envisioned for them let the kids be kids let them play let them experience let them get the um experience of, of of travel and developing relationships and performing at a, a maybe a higher level than what's available locally and if you can do that uh and hit all your other goals then everybody's probably going to be better off for it i what's interesting about that article this is um thanks for bringing this up actually uh what's interesting about that article is i only examined the negatives of travel sports. And I, I unapologetically said, I am not considering the good parts because this is a criticism piece, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love what travel sports have done for my kids in terms of their character and understanding how hard work translates or doesn't. Uh, I'm quoting from the 2013 uh, blog post right now. Uh, two things I want to note. Uh, it says, your child ends up paying for their youth sports experience with student loan money. Like that was, that was it. That was my point. I stand firmly behind (laughs) that. Now, Dame, you know this, you're a travel sports parent. Um, That is a place of privilege. I'm saying that as someone that potentially is in the minority, even though I live in a community where that could be the majority. Like, how do you get your head around that, knowing that when your kids are going through travel sports, the people they're competing against may be in this situation? Yeah, I, I mean, you sit around and, in my case, a uh, you know a, a pool and and look at uh, look at the other families, and yeah, you know, sometimes I I you know. It, I don't know, Pete, I don't know if you know this. Uh, swim meets can be very, very long. They're the and worst you, thing you, in the world, yeah. Damien. You're, you're, you're looking for time, uh, things to do to kill the time. And uh, I know you and I are fond of playing the game in the airports of who does that person look like? You know, st- stuff like that. Um, Great game. But, but you know, at times you stare around and say, okay, well, what's their financial? We start to make up financial stories uh, for people yeah. and trying to envision them. Um, and sometimes you're like, oh, man, it's that could be a, a pretty rough situation. I don't know. I clearly don't know. I, I haven't ever talked to these people. They're from two states away, but it gets, um, it gets conflicting at, at points knowing that their kids are getting a great experience, but at what cost? My, my daughter has been a gymnast for 11 or 12 years now. There is, there are shirts. I've told you this shirts sold at gymnastics meets that, that for dads to wear that say I'm broke. My daughter's a gymnast. Mm-hmm. Right, it is part of the culture. Mm-hmm. 
Kristen, how excited are you? Are you ever going to be in the world of travel sports? Maybe just a volunteer no. ref? Like, are you going to be, is that your no. thing? No. I went to, <laughs> I went to a high school basketball game this weekend and that was enough for me. Nope. I um, couldn't do it. Uh, we, of course, we always stream on Facebook Live, and I've got some youth travel parents, <laughs> uh, youth sports travel parents uh, weighing in. Uh, the friend of the show, Brian, uh, he, he and I live the same weekends. Uh, Kristen, were you an athlete back in the day? Um, we, My sister and I swam for a little bit um, when Irish Aquatics came to the area. So oh. not I wasn't good, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. I, all this is to say on President's Day weekend, I will be driving to Memphis for a soccer tournament. All right. Coming up after that's the truth. Coming up after the break. Biggest waste of money of the week. And the news right here on the Pete the Planner Show. I'm Pete the Planner. You know, uh, Kristen, I, I appreciate the call out. I, mean, I honestly do. And I'm glad he did it, not only because it makes for a good show, but I, you are right in the sense that those are takes that have evolved. Oh, yeah. I think my yeah my my thing is just like when I gave those takes, I followed those takes. Mm-hmm. Um, w- w- there's two ways to interpret that. One, I've matured, or two, I was a complete blowhard idiot, right? That that didn't understand nuance. Um, but I would also say like no one cares about any of this. By the way, this is and Damien will get this. This is why the the Pete the Planner thing, the growing the brand of Pete the Planner doesn't appeal to me like i don't i don't you have to have such hot takes all the time Mm -hmm. and you have to ignore nuance you have to go to haves and have nots to be that level of personal finance expert and i realized that along the journey i was just like that's not for me i was gonna be Mm -hmm. a ceo of a company like i don't know that's where i'm at but you're still right can open (laughs) I, uh, full disclosure, disclosure, I am headed to uh, West Lafayette this afternoon for a swim meet this weekend. So, uh, full disclosure, I've got an indoor soccer game tonight that I'm going to a travel basketball game tomorrow. I'm going to, and a gymnastics meet on Sunday that I'm going to, you know, Kristen, how are your weekends? (laughs) I do what, what I want really. Um, our, our coworker, Gigi. The delightful Gigi. Uh, she's a big brunch person on the weekend. She's in her mid-20s, goes mm-hmm. out with the girlfriends. She's doing brunch at a different place every weekend. And I just listen and I'm like, what? what is that life? Because that's not <laughs> mine. Now, Pete, if you had time for hobbies, what would you do? I used to fish. I know. <laughs> yeah. That was a good time. My bass boats, gymnastics lessons. That's the next sweatshirt. Okay, <laughs> that seemed the voice seemed that seemed pointed. Yeah, it did. that bit. seemed unfair. A little bit. Uh, okay, three, two, one. This week's biggest waste of money of the week, right here on the Pete the Planner show, is the District Vision Titanium Touring Bicycle. Founded in 2016, District Vision built its rep on running apparel and accessories, becoming a leader in the space. Now, District Vision is expanding into cycling with the new District Vision Cycling. Now, that's what they called it. That's a, that's a good name. And alongside the launch capsule of eyewear and apparel is a one-off titanium frame touring bike. 
The 55 centimeter frame was oh Dane, what's your bike frame? You're 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 uh, about a f- I think we're 56. Yeah, I'm a 52. Yeah. <laughs> Peter's in seems smaller. <laughs> the 55 centimeter frame was hand built by master fabricator Yoshi Nishikawa of Qualys Cycles in Japan and features a disc brake and e tap compatibility. Mm. Uh, Yanko of Los Angeles contributed five custom touring bags with waterproof zippers, with the front and rear bags using Nitto and King racks with a central bag that hangs below the top tube. The SRAM. Access Eagle X01 Rear Derailleur Custom Aaron Narrow Wide Chain Ring GSC and Sugino Crankset and SRAM Red Carpet Fiber Shifters have been hand polished for classic look. The Distinct Visions Titanium Touring Bike is available through its website. For those that are not following the live stream, this looks like a silver 10 speed. Yes, with with <laughs> with uh, ecto cooler green touring bags strapped to the tubes. So, Kristen, this is a clothing company, Drist District Vision, which was founded in 2016. This is their first uh, entree into the touring bicycle world. What do you believe this bicycle costs, a brother? I always have to make some sort of disclosure or hedge when I make a guess. And I feel like this one's no different because I do know that bike prices can range. Yeah. The range can be huge. So I'm going to guess in the middle of what I would call the mid mid to high range. Is it a $5,000 bike? Okay. Okay. Dame, you are, uh, I I could go past tense. I can go present tense. I'll let you decide that you own a road bike. I do. I do. Okay. Uh, it, it's pretty dusty right now, so you can draw your own conclusions. Well, it's um, winter. I uh, you could set up a trainer, Pete. I mean, it's possible to do those things and ride indoors. It's anyway, your disclosure. You do what you want. Uh, I I've been around bikes uh, for a while. I remember getting fitted for my road bike and one of the techs wheeling a bicycle in, and it was gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. Italian. Uh, he was just finished putting it together for uh, one of their customers. Uh, and he said, this bike will never see the road. It's going to hang on somebody's wall as a piece of art. And that was a, an $18,000 bicycle. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, it, this one's, that was aluminum. This one's titanium. Uh, it's got uh, ETAP. It's got all that. This is, um, this is a, at least a $24,000 bicycle. $30,000. Yeah. Oh now, my. what what's crazy about this to me? And, and again, I I have a road bike. And I just like blah, blah, blah. I'm with Dame. Like everything Dame just said is probably where my guess would have landed. This is a clothing a, apparel and accessories company that now makes bikes, and their first first move is a thirty thousand dollars. Like that's where this gets super dumb, and that's why it's the biggest waste of money of the week. Dame, what's in the news this week? According to data from Credit Karma, 30% of Americans are reliant on their tax refund to make ends meet. This is especially true for 40% of Zoomers and 46% of Millennials surveyed. Looks like we're all preparing for a potentially rough economic season two because 37% of respondents said they'll use their refund to build up savings and 31% said they plan to pay down debt. Now, this is especially... uh, potentially troublesome because I've seen a number of articles out saying, uh, trying to prepare people that say, 
be ready for a smaller tax refund this year. So we've got a lot of people that depend on tax refunds and they're not going to probably get the size they are anticipating. Kristen, what do you think? How many, what was the percent of people? 30%. No, it's higher than that. These people just weren't willing to admit it. It was 30% of all Americans, but 40% of uh, Zoomers and 46% of millennials. It's higher than that. So, So much higher. What do you think it is, Dame? I, I take the data for what it says, Pete. I trust big data. Okay. It's higher. It's higher. It's higher. <laughs> I mean, it's it's 55 to 60% of my estimation. Oh, yeah. I was going to say it's at least north of 50. Dame, I don't know if this is one of your news stories this week, but I'm going to read a news story to jump in front of you. But I'm going to be up. I'm going to feel bad a little bit if it's one of yours. Uh, rent prices have dropped the most in these five U.S. metros, uh, why it's cheaper to rent than buy in many markets. So this article goes on from MS, or pardon me, CNBC to go through the five places where rent has dropped the most. But also in the article, they say we're five uh, places where there's been the largest increase in rent. Number one on the list, Indianapolis, Indiana. Oh, no. Uh, median rent at the end of 2021 was 1,300 Hoosier dollars. And at the end of 2022 is $1,700, a 30.8% increase in Indianapolis, Carmel, and Anderson, Indiana. And Anderson, how did they get lumped in? I don't know how Anderson got <laughs> looped into Carmel and Indianapolis. And I dare since <laughs> once again, I say dare sent in, in, uh, honor of my wife's grandma who was uh this beautiful mennonite pie baking woman uh, from northern ohio who always said daresent i always thought it was just like the the cutest uh, little word and so i've now uh, summoned it multiple times today but i daresent guess why anderson and carmel and indianapolis were grouped into one category because it made the data look better dame was that gonna be one of your stories this week nope no you you you're safe uh, largest annual decrease, Memphis, Port Port St. Lucie, Cape Coral, Palm Bay, Florida, which includes Melbourne and Titusville, and Phoenix, Mesa, Arizona, Chandler. Mm. What else is in the news? The Department of Justice and a handful of states are accusing the tech giant Google of abusing its market power through its tech that controls how the U.S. digital ad industry operates. Google's tangoed with the antitrust enforcers before the DOJ brought a different lawsuit against the company in 2020. But this suit is significant for several reasons. A, it's the first time the Biden administration has launched a major challenge against the tech giant. And B, the Department of Justice has rarely pushed for companies to break themselves up in recent decades. On a side note, Nancy Pelosi coincidentally sold millions of dollars worth of Alphabet stock right before the announcement. Oh, wait, I met a month before the announcement. She somehow got lucky again. I believe you mean Paul Pelosi, Damien. Whoever. Uh, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm, it's false equivocation. Uh, we all know that Congress trading before big news is one of the biggest crimes in all of America. Yeah, there are bills uh, that have already been, uh, I think they probably are every year, honestly, bills that just get pulled out of the drawer, dusted off and submitted to to try and prevent this. But surprisingly, they don't go anywhere, Pete. You know, it's yeah. weird. Like uh, on this show, we've talked about this numerous times. And like, yeah, this time it's Nancy Pelosi. And, and, and by the way, uh, she's 
infamous for this. Uh, and there are people on the other side of the aisle that are just as bad. So that is to say, collectively, whoever you love or dislike, uh, we all agree as American citizens that this is a horrible thing and it goes nowhere. It's really frustrating. Yes. Uh, a Tennessee mansion listed for sale for one and a half million dollars went viral this week, mostly because Zillow, uh, the Zillow listing used a photo of it literally on fire. And in case you're wondering if buying homes is still hard, uh, that house is already under contract. The hopeful buyer uh, plans to vlog his restoration progress uh, process, riding the uh, property's wave of internet virality, virality. Well, I don't know. Nobody knows. And milking that chart house for as much as content as possible. Kristen, do you follow the Zillow Gone Wild uh, on Instagram account? Uh-uh. Oh, you have to. It's oh, good. Kristen, okay. come on. I know you're an influence on Instagram. And so, Usually, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Fantastic. What a show. Here's what we learned this week. It's okay to have a friend who's a financial advisor. And as three former financial advisors, our preference was not to pitch our friends. doesn't matter one way or the other. Uh, some of us follow our own financial advice here, and apparently I'm paying for Kristen's estate plan. And uh, travel sports is fine if you've got the money to pay for it, and that is a privileged take. Sydney, good vibes, because good vibes are all that's in the budget. I'm Pete the Planner. This is the Pete the Planner Show. That's a good summation of what we've just done. It's very nice. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Um, okay, y'all. Did you ever watch? Did you ever watch the Craig Ferguson show, Pete? I did, but I don't remember anything about it. But I, I, I did. They they always ended the show with a like, "What did we learn on the show tonight, Craig?" Uh, oh, yeah, segment where it was yeah, it kind of gave me vibes of that. Not saying you're uh, as funny as Craig Ferguson, but it just gave me vibes. I might be. Um, did you ever watch? Thanks, Brian Pinkins. Dude, he and I, Brian and I, live the exact <laughs> same weekend. I mean, he's fun, though. That's the thing. Like, he's fun. He has friends. They hang out. People like him. Other than that, we have the same, like, we're looking on each other's Instagram. It's like, oh, his daughter's at a gymnastics meet. It's like, oh, hey, I'll be at that same meet two hours later. Um, <laughs> MacGyver. I feel I feel rough about my MacGyver misses. Yeah. You were young. Man. Man, it was just such a Murdoch. Michael DeBarris, an international assassin and master of disguise. Where can you watch MacGyver now? That's what I was uh, saying. Like, who's who's got the rights to it? It's got to be others. Yeah. Probably Hulu. I bet it's Hulu. Uh, right. Watch now for free on Pluto TV. What oh. is that? Or oh, oh oh Paramount Plus and Amazon Prime. You can watch it for free. Interesting. Kristen, big question for you. Arsenal or City wins the FA Cup today or or round uh, four of the FA Cup today? Who wins the match? Manchester City or Arsenal? Both at the top of the table of the Premier League, but of course this is the FA Cup, which is different. Today at 3 p.m., who wins? City or Arsenal? Do you know how far out of my element I am right now? Um, City. Dame? I think Arsenal's got it today. Kristen, if if you had to name three Premier League teams for thirty dollars worth of booty, I'm you can do like, this. Yeah. You can do this. He just gave you two, and he wore the hat last week. You can do this. Don't can, go ahead. Can I can I say something? What that's that's revealing? Please don't hate me. 
I don't really, I don't know what the Premier League is. It's okay. That's my point. Don't make my point. Three. Okay. Premier well, League you just teams. said Manchester City, mm-hmm. Arsenal. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what hat you wore last week. Did it have a bird on it? Yes. It did. I was giving you the bird. You remember? I don't remember. Not the puffin, but the. It was okay. a Dame? penguin. Tottenham. I have no idea. Was that Dame? Tottenham. Tottenham. Uh, the Tottenham. Tot- Tottenham. Whatever. Tottenham. I'm not. It, it looks like Tottenham. Yeah. It's pronounced I'm... Tottenham. Do you know where I live? Uh, uh, you the, live the... in uh, uh, Uber. Yeah. It, it's, no, it's, <laughs> it's a British suburb of Uber. Uh, it's very. It's a very Indiana pronunciation of that town. All right. Um, fantastic. Well, that's it. I have to go to the bathroom, so I'm. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I have. I like. I had a lot of coffee. I don't know what to tell you. Is that a weird way to end a podcast? Return your yet. mom's phone call. True. Should we play it on the air? No. Um, Why are you both saying no? What if there's medical information? At. Yeah, or like she said. says, what clinic they're at? Yeah. No. Don't do that. He's looking at the transcript. Um, I wanted to know if I Okay, I probably going to stop too. I'm not going to do it. I'm having an expensive Aww. Mother's Day. I'm not doing it. Um, <laughs> uh, stay getting money. <laughs>